Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I am Christoph Newman. And I am Nate Jones. We're here to help you use closure and functional programming to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling. Yeah, absolutely. We want you to have as much fun as we're having. Can't you tell we're having fun? Uh, if you listen to any of our episodes, you can tell we love to laugh and banter, and it's because we love closure so much. So we want you to love closure. Yeah, and come come join us in our love for closure. You can find us in a number of places on the interwebs. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Closure Design. You can send us some email if you would just like to chat that way. Feedback at closuredesign.club. Or you can come have more of an interactive experience in our Closure Design podcast channel on the Closurian Slack. Yeah, pop on in and, and chat at us. We will chat back at you. We promise, eventually. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, we are not always there 24 hours a day. <laughs> but we encourage you to go to the website closuredesign.club and download episodes to listen to 24 hours a day <laughs> while you wait for our response. I have quite a lot of back episodes at this point in time. Yes. Cool. All right. So um, here we are. We, we've launched a, it's a, it's a new year. We've launched a new series. Uh, we, we, last time we talked about the web of complexity, the, the incredible uh, layers of value that... <laughs> <laughs> that are there yes. for us to to layers to, to of leverage. value, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and and not at all layers that are shackle us to the ground or anything like that. Um, and uh, so that yeah, so just to kind of review a little real quick from the bottom up, right? Um, so we, first of all, we had the network I/O, which is getting the bits off of the Ethernet cable or the <laughs> the uh, wireless access point. Um, and, and turning it into something that um, that we can interpret, something something that's bytes. Um, and then the next layer up is the layer of uh, um, like usually like Jetty or HTTP Kit, which is actually interpreting that and actually making it into um, maps and stuff that you can like we pass into your program. And then what's next? Yeah, so there. I mean, a part of the challenge in talking about this, as you're demonstrating right now, is just like when we say web, we mean a lot of things, right? <laughs> there's there's a lot of layers, <laughs> and the fact that it isn't obvious just off the top of your head is, I mean, part of the challenge. Somebody says, "I want to make a web app," and then now they're immediately up against these layers. So the nice thing is, really, we can bucket like this into two kind of major halves, like. The, the part underneath closure that you get to make choices like the toolkit choices, like you, you, you pick a toolkit and it solves that for you. And then right. the part like above, above the surface in, in closure land, right? And so basically we have this thing called ring in closure land and ring is that dividing line, right? Ring, ring provides the most basic abstraction that all the closure stuff sits on top of all the closure layers, right? And so we, then we have layers on top of that. And so right. underneath ring, you have all the IO, like is this in IO, is this asynchronous, you know, is it sitting on top of uh, what Java IO abstraction, like Netty, or is it just pure closure IO, whatever, right? That's all kind of below ring. Above ring, that's where you get into those other layers where we're talking about like, uh, encoding and decoding and routing and handling things and all that. 
Yeah, I really liked what you said, how you called it the toolkit choices. Like you don't actually write any code for the things that are below the ring layer. You 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 choose a, a particular underlying like set of tools that that handles those layers and and it will have a particular set of trade-offs and you if you want a different set of trade-offs you choose a different toolkit. You don't usually go in and, and actually change actually doing a development in those layers. Um but yeah. like, but but above ring that's where you do do development. You do do development. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes you do do. <laughs> and so so like below ring that's that's where you're going to have your your IO framework like is this using NIO for example, you know? Um or is it using classic java input and output streams? Um <laughs> classic, you know, is, slow. is 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 it a super highly optimized http protocol like netty? You know, or is it more of a classic like Apache HTTP toolkit or whatever, right? So like uh, Ring gets to kind of live at this this HTTP like above the HTTP protocol layer and delegate the adapter is what is delegating all those details to the underlying technology. And you can, for the most part, alternate adapter, like pick the adapter that suits your needs. So, sometimes implementation details like bleed up through Ring. So like we use ALEF. Right, and so sometimes ALEF um, it, it do, isn't totally perfectly compatible with the Ring abstractions, but for the most part, you can just swap out the implementation and then right. just worry about the closure layers um, and and trade out your your Ring layer based on the I/O performance um, or memory performance, whatever performance things that that you're worried worried about. And so, like the basic choices, like the really really common choices for Ring that's been around for a long time is HTTP kit and then ALEF. Um, there are a number of different adapters now. There's ones that sit on top of like Apache HTTP core. There's a, a kind of a new one that's maybe an alternative to ALEF, but it's a call, which is just adapting Netty directly. Um, anyway, you can go to the Ring website and you can kind of see what the third-party libraries are. HTTP kit is a very safe choice. We use ALEF a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We, we, we've kind of settled in using ALEF and kind of what you talked about a little bit was like how the, the abstraction leaks a little bit. Um, there's, a, there's a good thing you can read on, you can just look for the law of leaky abstractions. Uh, it's a good thing to remember while you're doing this kind of stuff. Um, but <clears throat> the nice thing is, the nice thing about Ring is that it is an abstraction that, that like, that, that all of those things can be compatible with, and then you don't have to worry about um, about which of those particular implementations um, you are using. Your application doesn't have to change, and and it's it's really a, a relatively powerful abstraction, uh, probably because it's so simple. You know, Ring is just basically uh, it treats your your application as a single function. It will pass you a request, and it expects you to return return a response. And that's it. We're done. We're done talking about Ring. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because it sort of acknowledges that HTTP really is just a function call over the internet. <laughs> oh yeah. No matter how many layers uh, we've, we've put on top of it, with like SOAP and XML and all these other things, it really is just a function call over the internet. Right. It's a synchronous call. We we send data and then we uh, in a particular format, and then we await its reply. <laughs> And yeah, it's pretty wild, right? You can build a whole HTTP stack 
just off of a, a single function. It, and so well, when, you, when you start up a ring server, you hand it a function, and that function is past the request, and it is expected to return a reply. And yeah. that's, that's it. Yeah, it's funny. You say you are able to write an entire HTTP service with a function. It's because you have to. <laughs> you literally cannot do anything else. You know, you, you Yes, yes. The ability it's, that it's, comes when forced. <laughs> <laughs> and um and so I mean it might be tempting to try that, but there's there's a lot <laughs> that that we often will take for granted um when we use other when we use things that build on top of ring. Uh so we we don't have to actually because um Ring itself doesn't actually handle anything that we commonly think of as part of a web framework, like like a routing and um, uh, uh, encoding and decoding. Uh, all these things that we need for our applications, um, Ring expects us to do in that, that single function. Well, yeah, and here to kind of tease apart that a little bit, there's sort of Ring, like the core protocol, Right. And then there's Ring, the set of tools and conventions, you know. Oh, right. And so within within Ring, the set of tools and conventions, there's all kinds of libraries that we can include that help us do that. Right. But at its very heart and soul, Ring is a function, uh, which is, seems very appropriate for a functional programming language. <laughs> and right. it takes a request and it returns a response. Now, now that, that it's pure data, the request coming in is pure data. And the response going out is pure data, right? So, so the at the beginning of the ring spec is really identifying the map. So it comes in as a map, and then you return a map. So identifying what are the key value pairs that are in this map, you know, and what do they mean? And then when you construct a response, what key values do you have to put in that response to return? And it will take that response. And it will do the appropriate thing, sending it down to the protocol layer um, to actually achieve that reply. Yeah, definitely. And 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 most of the the keys that are available in the by, by far the the request map is is much larger because much more information that 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 Ring will tell you about the world that you're you're receiving. Um, uh, but most of those keys that make, that make a lot of sense. Like for instance, they have like the 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 headers, which is a submap of all the headers that were HTTP headers that were sent. It has the body. Like those are the most obvious. But uh, but also has things like the request method and the um, actual sch- uh, scheme and the query string. All these things that if you're a web developer for longer than five minutes, you you every other language has these in some form or another. Um, the the important thing is just trying to pick out the right the what you need out of the request in order to do your business logic. Yeah, and so it's really neat that basically Ring unifies this, right? Uh, it when something calls the server, it's it kind of reminds me of curl, you know, like it, with a single command line, you can make any kind of HTTP request because it has an option for which kind of request you're making to any URL because you pass in the URL, right? And <laughs> yeah. and you know, and you don't need 15 different applications for curl. You don't need a, a curl that does get requests and a curl that does post requests. And, you know, you don't need a curl that can do uh, HTTPS and a curl, a different curl, like like it's a single command, right? Because they realize all of these are just different parameters to one thing. And so ring is the, the kind of that same spirit, right? A map comes in and it tells you all the different parts of the request that were made. 
And then that allows you to use the power of functional programming <laughs> to figure out how to dispatch that request and, and handle it. Like, oh, is it a get request? Maybe I'm going to handle it one way. Oh, was it a post request? I'll hand it a different. That's not like baked in to the framework, right? It's just pure data that you can use functional programming to figure out how to delegate. Yeah, it's essentially just to have taken taken the the request and made it a, made it like you said a pure data structure, um, so that you can you can you can you can destructure out of it or or match on different parts of it that that, that are interesting to you, um, and then, but then once you've actually performed your business logic, you need to return something that is compatible with what Ring expects as a response, and 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 the nice thing about yeah. response. Uh, the responses are they're they're very simple. <laughs> you basically have a status code, uh, headers, and body. Like you don't actually get to tell Ring anything else. So that's all. You know, that's all. That's all. That's you. You only have those three buckets. So you better use them wisely. And once again, it's a pure data thing, right? So it, it's perfect for functional programming because a pure data structure is being handed in, and then that can be transformed and passed down and transformed and passed down. And then uh, pure data is coming out, and that could be received and transformed and received and transformed. And so it's just, uh, it's nice because there aren't any side effects. You're not, you're not giving an, being given some kind of IO handle that deep in the guts, something can write a bunch of data to um, that nothing else in, in the stack is privy to. Yeah, I mean that, that you, setting an IO handle. Usually, lots of times when you get your request, the the body is not actually like in memory. It's usually like an input stream. Um, so you do have to deal with it being a handle. But but when you read from it, it's something that you know is safe to read from. It's not something that is like has been closed uh, or you know. It's something that you you know that you that you can actually um, process. And then when you when you hand it back, I think the body can also be. Um, uh, a stream also, but again, you're not actually writing to the actual I/O that the the web server has. the 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 handler or the the toolkit will actually handle copying the between those streams. Um, yeah, so that's it's a still good point because bodies, pure. yeah, 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 bodies themselves can be huge, and and so therefore, um, you may receive an I/O stream as the body, and then you can consume that. To, to, to process possibly really large data. But all the other part of the request, it's, it's all pure data. Yeah, right? totally. And, and then when you construct a reply, you could also hand it an IO handle, um, or you can hand it a string, or you can hand it, I think, a byte array. It just depends. And, but once again, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just that body part, um, and all the rest is, is this pure data structure, which is, which is very straightforward to work with. Uh, in functional programming. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> well, then we get to the point where, you know, I, I think most applications have at least, you know, two or three different requests that they'd like to make. Like, I guess if you only had a, fun uh, a one, one actual request that your application is able to handle, then I think it's probably pretty straightforward just to use the raw ring spec, or the raw ring function, because, you know, you're, right. you're the only one. You know, you don't have to do anything else. Um, or everything you do that's unique, like encoding or decoding JSON, you only need to do once. Like there's no need to share that between your different request handlers. Yeah, it's it. 
in a sophistic any kind of sophisticated web application, right? We're gonna want to we're gonna want to do different logic based on the query string, perhaps like the path that was passed in. Uh, maybe we're gonna want to do logic based on different headers that were sent, right? Or or the body of the request, we're gonna want to parse that. Maybe it's like a JSON API, we're gonna want to parse that. And then we're going to want to inspect that. And then we're going to want to do different logic based on that, right? So you could imagine this one function could start getting really out of hand, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> really? even though it's it's being passed in, it's like, oh, okay, well, now, you know, uh, what, we're going to have a big cond block, you know, based on query string. And then within those, you know, it, it starts to, you, you start to get the single handler that could just grow and grow and grow, right? So uh, that that could be unmanageable. Yeah, what's the fun of using functional programming when you only have one function? <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah. So, uh, uh, so, so, yeah, we, we so, like, so what's one sorry. to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the only way to uh, to build functions to to share functions and 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 build them up uh, and comp- compose them together. Oh, composition. That's what we need to do. We need to do composition. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so uh, composition. So we got to So ultimately, in the very end, ring is a single function. But practically, when you're using this, you're you're building up that function from these parts that all get composed together through the power of middleware. <laughs> yes. But I don't think we have enough time to get into all the the nuts and bolts of middleware this week. Yeah, I, think, I mean the, I think, whole, the whole world is made out of middleware in Ring, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I think middleware. Every when I first encountered middleware, it t- took me a little bit because it because when you when you make a middleware function, you don't just make a function, and and I, it took me a little while to kind of understand it. So I think we should unpack that next time. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. So uh, next next week, join us next week as we explore the intricacies and nuances of middleware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so this this web series is is is, is uh, getting going. Uh, so if you have any questions or thoughts about it, um, what's your favorite toolkit that you like to use and why, um, or what's your least favorite and why? <laughs> we would like to know anything you're passionate about. <laughs> Um, if you have a question or anything, uh, please send us a tweet at Closure Design or an email to feedback at closuredesign.club or hop into our Closure Design podcast channel on the Closure in Slack and send us your data there. Yeah, and you can find us on the web at closuredesign.club where you will find all of our past episodes and some show notes for each episode there. Uh, you can go catch up, for example, on our Transducers series uh, from December. If you haven't had a chance, there's a there's a lot of conceptual overlap with middleware and transducers. You might be surprised to find out. So uh, go go check it out at closuredesign.club. <laughs> yes, we really enjoyed our transducember episodes. Cool. All <laughs> right. Well, we will um, hop into the middle of middleware next week. Thanks for listening.